Each choice we make moves us toward fear or love. On my Life and Laughter podcast, we'll talk about those choices and learn how to attract more love and connection and laughter. This is Perry Kinder. Let's get started. Hey, Life and Laughter podcast listeners. We have survived January, although barely. It is not January in Utah anymore. Oh, thank whatever holy being that you can thank. We have survived January. <laughs> You know, it's funny, well, not funny, because it's actually depressing, but this time of year, in the middle of this dark and cold, and this winter's been super cold and super snowy, it's been a, it's been a tough winter, winter for me mentally to stay upbeat, to stay hopeful. You know, I get so tired of walking my dog when it's 20 degrees outside, and I just, I'm ready. I'm ready for spring, and I've got a while still to go. So I thought I would do a podcast about the habits of happiness experts, how we get through tough times and remain upbeat. And coincidentally, Time Magazine had an article entitled The Daily Habits of Happiness Experts. And I thought that the, the advice they gave was really interesting and I've been trying to incorporate it as we go through this cold, dark winter months. And yes, the light is slowly coming back, but man, it could speed up just a little bit and I'd be just fine with that. So the time asked these happiness experts, how do you define happiness? Cause it's such a subjective thing. And they all agree that it wasn't just smiling, pretending to be happy. That's that doesn't get you anywhere, which I think we all know at this point, it, you know, it reminds me of a song I learned in primary when I was a, just a little girl. And the song goes, I'm not going to sing it. I wouldn't do that to you guys. It's, um, if you chance to meet a frown, do not let it stay quickly. Turn it upside down. Smile that frown away. No one likes a frowny face. Change it for a smile. Make the world a better place by smiling all the while. Yeah, that didn't destroy thousands and thousands of children in the early eighties and seventies. So hopefully that song is not being used anymore because it has a really terrible message that, you know what, just smile, just forget about it. Turn your frown upside down. Everything goes away. Kind of having that Pollyanna attitude that everything just has to be happy and perfect all the time. Blah. But the happiness experts at time defined happiness as something totally different than just being happy. They defined it as having control and autonomy over your life. If you have a a job that's taking so much of your time that you don't, that you don't love, you might not feel very happy. You don't have that control over your life that might involve, you know, getting a new job. Or if you're in a relationship that is just sucking the life out of you, maybe time to relook at that too. There are so many instances in our lives where we go along with what's comfortable, even if it's miserable. So there's that. That's your life coaching advice for right now. Second, they said that um, happiness is being guided by meaning and purpose, that you have found a meaning in your life, a purpose in your life, or a focus in your life that takes you out of your own head. And my podcast a couple weeks ago about discovering who you are kind of helps you define what that purpose is. You know, who am I? What do I want to contribute to this world? What are my strengths? Where can I really shine? And the third one they, they said defines happiness as connecting with others, which to me, that was like a big, eh. I like other people. I love other people. I love being around other people, but 
connecting with others, unless it's in a genuine, true sort of way is not what makes me feel happy. There's nothing worse to me than making small talk or going and meeting strangers. I know it, it, it shouldn't be that way, but I really have a hard time connecting on a superficial level with people. Now you give me friends who I can have deep conversations with. Absolutely. That is a deep connection for me. My family. Yeah, absolutely. But just like other people, eh, they can, they can stay hibernating for a while. And they, they also all agreed that happiness can't be measured there's no level of happiness. There's no way to really strengthen happiness. It either is or isn't. And it really can't be taught. It has to be more experienced. You can't teach somebody what happiness feels like. They really have to find that out for themselves. I think we all feel it in different ways. We all feel that connection to joy in a variety of ways, which is, which is fine. But one thing they all agreed on is that the more you notice how happy or grateful you are, the more it grows. Now, on my Instagram page, I just finished a 28 day gratitude challenge. And the focus of that was really to keep in mind every day, to be grateful for something every day and to see at the end of the month, if you feel more gratitude in your life. And hopefully that is the case. Hopefully you keep up some of those gratitude practices and keep incorporating those practices to continue that feeling of gratitude because gratitude and happiness are really hand in hand. And happiness isn't about making a choice. Going back to that song, it's not about choosing just to turn your frown upside down. There's a lot of work behind that to make that happen. And it's not all choice, it's part choice and it's part our innate ability to do that, our innate personality. Some people I think are more prone to feel happy. I don't know why, maybe they just learned how when they were kids not to turn their frowns upside down. And some people have a harder time tapping into happiness. I think we've all met people who really embrace their misery. It's like their identity. They've decided that their life is miserable. The world is against them. They have so many regrets and so much anger and even vengeance or retribution that they just don't allow themselves to be happy. And they probably don't realize they're miserable. They might, but they've identified with all of these negative emotions and that's, that's who they, they've become. And you wonder if just a little bit of really good therapy might help these people realize, you know, you're yourself, you're putting yourself in prison here by all of this negative attention. Not that we shouldn't acknowledge our negative feelings. That's a big part of happiness is acknowledging when we don't feel happy, learning how to cope with that and learning how to bring a light back. You know, a lot of negative emotions are very, important. There are signals to us. If you think of fear, you know, when you feel fear, that's a signal that there's something wrong. There's something that isn't right here. But if you live in fear, that's a totally different situation. Anger might be a way to get you motivated um, to address an injustice. If you've ever had a moment where you're so angry that you just lash out that feeling that things are just not right. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you know you don't hurt yourself, hurt other people, and you don't stay in that anger. Sadness helps us address the grief that we feel. You know, we want to feel grief. 
we, we don't want to, but we have to feel grief if we lose somebody, if we lose someone that we love, that grief is there and ignoring it doesn't make it go away. We just wrap our bodies around it and become, you know, those bitter, angry people that don't know how to find their way back to happiness. Judith Moskowitz, she was one of the experts that Time Magazine talked to, and she said the key to enduring happiness is not to rid your life of negative emotions. Instead, the goal is to experience positive emotions even in the midst of difficulties. And that can be tough. Dark humor is a thing. You know, having those moments of humor even in the darkest times, it really is what gets us to to move on and to keep going. We, if you have people who say the most inappropriate things, trying to make a joke during really, really crappy times, it's their way of coping, their way of trying to bring lightness to a situation that is so dark. And everybody handles that differently. So when time asks these experts to share what they do to increase their happiness habits, these are some of the things that they talked about they did on a regular basis. So 62% of the happiness experts spend time with family outside of the household one to four times a week. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Maybe they have a, a big family dinner together. Maybe they go bowling together or go to movies with their extended family or take their kids somewhere fun. They all get out of the house with their family members. Another thing about winter is we are confined here because it's just too cold. If you're not a skier or a snowboarder or someone who likes to frolic in the snow, winter is just a long trudge of coldness and darkness. But getting your family outside to do something, even going for a walk in the cool air, going and having a snowball fight, maybe going sledding, you know, find something to get your people out of the house and interacting with each other in a fun way. That was one of the suggestions. Another one is engaging with support groups or therapists. A lot of them see a therapist on a regular basis. It's good to help process emotions and those thoughts that we believe to be true that aren't true, that might be holding us back. It's good to talk about things that are bothering us, things that we want to improve about ourselves. You know, there used to be a real stigma around support groups or therapy. And now I think everybody should be assigned at birth a therapist to just kind of walk them through the process of life. You know, this is what it feels like to be 13 or 21 or 45 or 54 or 72. And just have that therapist just kind of follow us throughout our life, giving us wisdom and guidance like a wise owl on our shoulder. That would be super cool. Anyway. 90% of the experts spend time with friends outside the office one to four times a week, 90%. I'm way, well, I guess I'm not way below that. I probably do once a week with friends outside the office or outside my job. And that's cool. You know, once a week is super good for me. I don't have to have friends every day because I'm an introvert and that just makes me emotionally drained. But when I'm with my friends that I want to be with, I really have a good time. And I do feel happier when I leave them, especially if we've had a fun conversation, if we're planning something fun, it's very good for me to get out and spend time with friends. So 90%. So if you have friends, are you seeing them on a regular basis? If not, maybe start making that a practice. Another statistic I found interesting was that each of the experts, almost all of them, either prayed or meditated at least five to six times a week. 
and I meditate every day, and I think meditating keeps me grounded. I've talked about meditating way too often, I'm sure. I'm sure you're all tired of hearing about my meditation practice. But connecting to something, whether it's through prayer or meditation or introspection, where you're connecting to something that's a higher power to you, whatever that means. And everybody has their own definition of a higher power. But communing with them and feeling like you're part of something so much bigger than yourself. Feeling that you have some kind of supreme guidance or divine guidance. That's a huge part of being able to create more happiness. Again, 90% of the experts spend time in nature at least once a week, if not up to six times a week. Just getting outside, again, taking a walk. It's easier in the summer to be outside in these, when the light lingers longer. There's a tongue twister. Or when you ha where it's warm, you can be outside and just playing on the grass, just sitting outside and having a cup of tea or having dinner outside or barbecuing. So you have to be really creative when it's cold and dark to find time in nature. So get creative this week. Maybe find a way to get yourself outside. Maybe go to a new park that you've never been to. Maybe find a pretty trail along the river. I mean, there's so many things to do. If you live in Utah, our state is full of beauty. It really, really is. There's so many things to do. And if you want to go someplace warmer, you just have to drive, you know, a few hours down to St. George, where it's a lot warmer than it is here in Salt Lake City. So find an outdoor practice where you're in nature, enjoying that energy, makes you happier. 90% exercise or play sports. Exercise and movement in the body is such an energy raiser. You get all those endorphins flowing, you feel better, you begin to engage more with your life because your body feels better. So if you don't have a regular exercise practice, maybe start something. 90% do it six times a week, one to six times a week. That's, that's a lot. That doesn't mean you have to go to the gym for two hours and lift weights and take a Zumba class and take a yoga class and take a cycling class. No, find how your body loves to move. Maybe it's watching dance videos on YouTube. I mean, be creative again. Find a way to move your body to raise your endorphins. 40% of them have a hobby they engage in five to six times a week, whether it's art or writing or music or cooking or playing video games, doing something that isn't work, that just takes your mind out of whatever you're going through. That might be doing a family puzzle if your family likes to do puzzles, watching a family movie. And if you want to be by yourself, finding what you like to do, maybe you like to do pottery or paint sculptures or walk through art museums or create dances or rollerblade, maybe not rollerblade so much when it's frozen, but you know what I mean. Find a personal hobby and engage in it on a regular basis, which means at least three to four times a week. And 62% of the experts get seven or more hours of sleep most of the time, three to six days a week. And that can be really arbitrary for people who, who don't know how to fall asleep early, or they don't know how to get out of bed early, or they sleep in late. Everybody's sleep schedule is so different. But trying to get seven or more hours of deep sleep at least three to four, five times a week is even better. 
and your body, your mind rests the way it needs to, you, your body heals the way it needs to, and you just feel better. So if you do have a lot of stress in your life, you know, not ignoring or denying that stress, not suppressing your negative emotions. Again, just saying that everything's fine does not lead to happiness. We want to be able to, to find light, find skills that work for us, and maybe learn new skills, develop new skills that bring you a little bit more joy. You know, during the COVID lockdown, it was, it happened in March. We'd already survived the winter, the dark, cold winter. We were ready to get outside in March and spring to be outside again. And then mother nature, the world just kind of laughed. Ha ha ha. Go back into your houses. You're stuck again. And we had to get really creative about getting through those times with humor. You know, so many funny TV shows became super popular that might not have ever become popular had we all not been locked in our homes. Social media expanded because that's the way we had to communicate. And noticing how much time you spend on social media might be a way to address your, your happiness issues. If you're scrolling through social media and it's depressing you, all the beautiful pictures, all the people having fun and, and just enjoying their, the best lives in your home, haven't showered in two days, eating Captain Crunch out of the box, you're not, you're not going to feel better about yourself. When you find that social media tanks your mood, it's time to get rid of your social media or at least really cut back on it and only look at it for maybe a certain amount of time. You can set timers on your phone. There are apps that actually shut down your pages after a certain amount of time. There's apps that track how much time you spend on your social media, social media. It might be an interesting way to find out if you're on it too much and if that is tanking your mood. I'm going to end here with a quote by Sojourner Truth. She was an abolitionist, feminist and human rights crusader in 1867. And she said, I will not allow my life's light to be determined by the darkness around me. And I just love that. I will not allow my life's light to be de determined by the darkness around me. It is your choice to get out of bed, to get moving, to meditate, to move your body, to find friends, to talk to a therapist, to get enough sleep, to spend time with friends and family, to get outside in nature. Those are choices you can make to bring your life a little bit more light and a little less darkness. I think that's really the definition of happiness. So try something this week. Let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how your happiness practice is going. It's going to be light soon, warmer soon. Hang in there. We're in the home stretch. You've got this. Thank you for listening. Do you want more life and laughter? Check out my blog at lnlcoaching.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook at Life and Laughter Coaching. See you again soon. Mm -hmm.